Welcome to the Dusty Jobs Podcast from Imperial Systems. Industry knowledge to make your job easier and safer. Thanks for joining us again here on the Imperial Podcast. Uh, We're still at Imperial Headquarters here in Mercer Priate. Joining us today is Bob, Bob with DECRA. Uh, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about DECRA. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Uh, yeah, my name is Bob Korn. I'm the Business Development Director for Decor Process Safety. We are a process safety consultancy, and we help our clients prevent accidents, whether with uh, they be with combustible dust, flammable liquids, and or uh, chemical reactions. We basically do that through providing consulting services, testing services, and training services. Yeah. How long have you been? You've been in the industry for what? Like. I- been in the industry a long time, long time. Uh, about 20 years in, yeah. in industrial protection and uh, in process safety for approximately the last four years, yeah. uh, but to industrial protection uh, over 20 years. Yeah, DECRA has been around for a while too, right? DECRA has. Uh, we were formerly known as Chilworth Technology. A lot of people in the U.S. may recognize that name, but uh, we became part of the DECRA family about eight years ago. Um, and we've been in business for over 30 years, uh, providing uh, process safety support for our clients in the U.S. Uh, and globally. There you go. Uh, so the main reason we had you come in today was because uh, there's some new standards coming out around DHA, and uh, there are yeah, and uh, mostly it's uh, what, what's the what's that code? What's the new standard? NF, a, NFPA 652. Actually, it's not quite new, but uh, it was uh, first released in 2015, uh-huh. the first edition. And uh, the 652 is the standard on the fundamentals of combustible dust. And it is uh, now the uh, overarching standard uh, that NFPA has uh, developed and put out there to really help people uh, have more continuity and understanding the hazards of combustible dust. Yeah, and they wrote it in 2015, right? But now it's Correct. actually being implemented in 2020. Right. Well, there's a, a deadline. Now, one of the elements of the to be compliant with NFPA 652, you need to complete a dust hazard analysis. It's really one of the three primary elements uh, with regard to combustible dust. And uh, there is a deadline now that has been established for September of 2020 to be compliant and, and complete your dust hazard. Yeah, analysis. but they're going to bump that back again, don't you think? <laughs> Do you think they're going to bump it back again? Well, they, they did. As you as you said, they bumped it once uh, in uh, the initial date due date was September of 2018 and they got some pushback from industry and so they pushed it out to 2020 yeah. I don't know if they'll push it again they may or may not the the important thing is for people to know that the standards out there yep and they need to complete a dust hazard analysis you know, uh, from the from what we're hearing it doesn't sound like it's really I was kind of saying that sarcastically I don't think it's going to get pushed back but uh, even if it does it's 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 important to get it done no matter what, to know what your safety is like in your facility. I mean, and that's what you guys do, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's important to complete. It's a, the combustible dust hazards have been around for a long time. The first combustible dust accident was documented, I believe, in 1782 in a, in a bakery in uh, Italy. Uh, they had a flower dust explosion. A gentleman was in there with a candlelit lamp and collecting flour but uh, dust explosions have been with us for a long time yeah um, nfpa has done a great job with uh, releasing 652 and there's a, a several other standards that all point to the hazards or, or help 
uh, identify specific industries with the hazards of combustible dust. But NFPA 652 is attempting to combine those into one. Well, it's not com- combining them now, but they have one overarching standard. Oh, yeah. That uh, basically helps. Uh, focus people's activities so they uh, know what to do to be compliant and to be safe when it handles when they handle combustible dust. So the first step in figuring out what what you need is a is a dust hazard analysis, right? It's it's one of the steps. There's three components as I mentioned yeah. uh, um, of completing or being compliant with 652. The first step is really understanding do you have a combustible dust? And there's a couple ways you can go about that. There's industry data that's out there that if that's appropriate and, and uh, descriptive of your process, that can be used. Uh, we So some there's some notes out there already on some dust. There, there is some industry, and it might be uh, customer, uh, company literature that they already have or some uh, research or development or testing they did previously, so they may have some data. Okay. Uh, otherwise, uh, there's a, many laboratories. Decor Process Safety has a uh, certified or ISO accredited laboratories that provides combustible dust testing uh, but in, in having good data solid data to do the assessment is one of the key elements of so getting your dust tested get your dust tested find the the, the appropriate material properties that care, fully characterize the hazards of that particular material that's the first step really in performing a dust hazard analysis uh-huh. from there you perform the actual dust hazard analysis which is simpler similar to a process hazard analysis, which okay. some people may be familiar with. It's a really, it was developed by the, the chemical processing industry many years ago. OSHA has a PSM standard, which is a, they've applied to uh, many regulated industries. But um, the difference being with a dust hazard analysis is just a, it's a focuses on a single hazard, and that is simply combustible dust. Okay. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the dust hazard analysis Basically, as you you understand the material properties, and then you walk through a facility, looking at each of the unit operations, and that uh, where they either handle or create a they handle combustible powders, or they create a combustible dust through a particle reduction or some other process. Uh, particle reduction, you mean like grinding or uh, anything like that in the facility where they're generating dust. You want to look at that. So step one is getting that dust tested. Step two is actually walking through the facility and seeing where this dust is coming from and how it's being produced. Am I, am I getting this correct? <laughs> you are. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good so, job. so now we got step three, right? Well, and, and not only do we look at the processes of when we're going through the facility, but we're also looking at the facility itself because um, we want to understand, you know, what type of housekeeping they have in place. And we look for fugitive dust accumulations. And oftentimes you get dust layers or dust accumulating on horizontal surfaces, whether it be at ground level or elevated surfaces. And okay. that's very important to understand, um, you know, at what level or how much dust is accumulating within the facility. And those can present special unique hazards and can also uh, contribute to um, an a uh, secondary explosion if you have a, an initial event gotcha. those yeah those fugitive accumulations can cause serious consequences if they're not dealt with and cleaned up so as you're walking through this facility you're looking you're, you're not just looking at the process that's creating the dust the source of the dust but you're also looking at the area around the facility where this dust might be laying on some ductwork or on a shelf because heaven forbid if something would happen that dust is going to get airborne and create a secondary explosion. 
Absolutely. Yep, that's absolutely correct. And yeah, it's not just the individual processes, although those are, you know, primary, you know, focus of the uh, dust hazard analysis is looking at the individual unit operations where they're grinding, as you mentioned, grinding, mixing, milling, um, you know, sanding, all, all of those, uh, drying, um, but you also want to look at the environment in general and, and the, the housekeeping program in place and any fugitive accumulations that are that could be at, whether at a floor level or at, a, at an elevated level. Okay. Now, is is there that's the full walkthrough? Is there something else you do after that? Basically, um, well, initially you you sit down with the with your uh, client and you review the documents. You 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 get a, a set of documents uh, that basically a plant layout diagram, uh, PNIDs, if that's relevant to the process, if mm-hmm. it's actually connected. Pr- uh, process flows or uh, other flow diagrams of uh, material property data you review all the, the documentation ahead of time maybe sit down with the client and review that when you get on site then you walk down the facility and review the ops uh, the, uh, the operations um, document your observations and and uh, you know clearly uh, under, you know so you can uh, clearly report those back uh, in in the report um, do the analysis uh, after you do the uh, walkthrough of the facility and and inspect and observe all the different operations and the housekeeping and the fugitive accumulations and then you compile this all into a report uh, the dust hazard analysis report includes of course your observations the a little bit of uh, description of the process um, but it also has the findings and recommendations so based upon what we've seen um, the consultant will make recommendations on what particular changes need to be made based upon what they what they find or what they look for is gaps gotcha. and gaps in there's certain protection measures that should be in place and what we do is identify gaps in the existing measures um, and uh, make recommendations to close those gaps so the facility can be operated safely so if 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 i'm a let's say i'm a plant manager i know this is coming up what are some things i should be doing to prepare for me, myself, as a plant manager, getting a, a dust hazard analysis, what are the what are the steps I need to take? Obviously, we said get your dust mm-hmm. tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting getting the dust tested. Well, and we can help guide our client through that. In some cases, they have a lot of different types of materials that may be used in uh, recipes, if you will, uh, yep. for different products. So maybe we'll help them and advise them to look at you know you've got forty ingredients, but there's seven product groups that those ingredients go into so let's test each one of those seven product groups the primary ingredients in in those seven product groups get the data that we need to do the assessment or the analysis ahead of time uh, review the documentation from the site uh, you know, so they'll, they'll be required to pull some of that together. And then we'll also um, want to have specific team members, you know, depending upon the organization and how they're structured. But you typically, you know, have a, a EHS person, one of their uh, safety people. Um, you want an operations person, someone that's very familiar with each of the unit operations that mm-hmm. you're going to be looking at. Maintenance people are, are very useful in the dust hazard analysis. They're the people that really know the ins and outs of the facility. <laughs> the guys who got to back it up, right? The guys they know that, where it's coming from. The guys that got to fix the broken stuff. And you know, and, and when you're looking at, say, for instance, a bucket elevator, um, we need to know. You know, they've got belt alignment gauges or sensors that you know tell that tell them when that belt is out of alignment. You know, critical things that they need to keep on top of to ensure that you don't introduce mechanical friction or, or sparks or ignition sources an ignition source 
One of the one of the key elements when you're uh, talking about dust hazard analysis, and you, there's a, there's a four primary things that you're looking at when you're uh, doing a, a dust hazard assessment, and that is, uh, you know, can um, is the dust combustible? Um, can the is the dust small enough to be uh, 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 Particle size. Yeah, is the particle size small yeah. enough to propagate, you know, to to promote the deflagration event? Uh, can the material be lofted in the air? Is uh-huh. there some mechanism that it could be lofted in the air, dispersed in the air? Um, is it? Can that dispersed cloud reach the minimum explosive concentration? Is there enough of it? Yeah. And and the final element is there a credible ignition source? So that's why we look at equipment. You know, equipment can be one source, mechanical um, um, friction or sparks. There's also thermal conditions with the hot bearings and so forth, electrostatic conditions, hot work. Uh, There's a a myriad of ignition sources out there. And uh, as uh, someone, I'm not sure who said, but ignition sources are free. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're free. There's they're no, free. no extra Someone's always looking <laughs> to light this stuff on fire. Huh? Yeah, Something well, you there. know, that's what you have to plan for is that it, you know, it's a, you know, can potentially happen uh, at any time. The upset conditions are, are a reality. And uh, when we're... When we're doing dust hazard analysis, not only do we look at the standard operating conditions, but we also consider what can happen in upset conditions. Yeah. What happens if this belt turns off or this pulley gets stuck or and, right. or uh, this sensor doesn't work, you know, and what are the potential risks associated with that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, trying to think of some other things that we could cover here, utilize most of your knowledge. Um, so we got what? what's involved. We have... I was kind of looking at our notes here. Um, so once once a customer comes to you, you do the walkthrough, you do all of your uh, analysis. The dust hazard analysis. Right. So then, so the idea is to come back with them with uh, the risks and solutions. Correct? Is that is that what you do? Or? Well, uh, after we perform the on-site uh, um, survey, if you will, or the on-site uh, portion of the analysis, um, they'll the uh, consultant will take that information and do the assessment or the analysis of all the information collected while on site. They'll prepare a report that is a uh, certainly documents their observations and their findings and identifies the gaps in the safety measures that are existing or they're uh, you know or just missing completely and then make recommendations to close those gaps. Mm-hmm. And those gaps will be or excuse me those recommendations will be risk ranked from high, medium to low. Um, in some cases, we'll see situations at a facility, it's a very high risk situation, and we'll make that uh, recommendation immediately while on site to, you need to stop doing that. Gotcha, so Unplug you might be this. somewhere, yeah. you see something going on, you're like, just turn it's, it off right now. It's very dangerous, deal with it right now. Yep. Um, and then the other risk ranking is there for, as you return the report to the client and they're reviewing what they need to do. Obviously, we all have limited amount of resources and capital to do things. So the risk ranking helps them identify which ones are most important, the ones they need to address in the short term and apply their, their funds or their resources to, to, to uh, correct. Everybody's got a budget these days. <laughs> yes, they do. And then you got to figure out how much you can tackle at once. Absolutely. It's a, you know, it's one bite at a time, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, some of these uh, projects can be very large and very extensive in some of these large facilities. And there's a lot of findings and they really need uh, that risk ranking to determine what do they attack first. Yeah, it kind of helps, uh, helps you as a, as helps your customers get a strategy to move forward. Maybe it seems overwhelming at first, but you guys can help whittle it down 
to just what needs tackled, primary issues, and then secondary issues that are coming up down the line. They can budget for those and uh, figure it out as, as time comes on and as the money comes on to be able to do that. Correct. You know, and that's, uh, you know, the dust hazard analysis is the second, <clears throat> excuse me, portion of 652, the second element that uh, you need to uh, perform to be compliant. The, the third element is to ensure that after the dust hazard analysis or part of the dust hazard analysis, um, we'll often look at their process safety management program while we're on site and ensure that uh, they have the appropriate elements within their safety management program to handle combustible that, that address combustible dust issues. Yeah. And uh, the client needs to ensure that um, they have that in there. And sometimes we'll provide a service where we'll audit their program. In some cases, they don't have a program and we'll develop a program for them. So that's a, the, basically the third component. And, and, um, and part of that, I think the important part of the safety management program is another service that we provide on a regular basis is ensure that the personnel within the facility that are in, in close proximity or work with the combustible dust have some training or some knowledge, some basic knowledge of the hazards around dust. Yeah. So, so training is very important. So do you guys offer that training too? Or we do. Yeah. So we, that'd be something if, if there was uh, classes or something that uh, that customer was undereducated uh, in a certain field, you could help bring them up to where they needed to be? Dependent upon the client need, we offer either uh, on-site training from very simple one-hour overviews to webinar training. If they've got multiple sites and multiple time zones, we can do webinar training, um, or we can do more intensive boot camp type training where we do one, two, or three-day uh, training on-site with uh, you know, 10, 20 uh, individuals, and we can do, uh, we also include workshops in those trainings that we can tailor to similar um, uh, operations that that client might have on their site. So um, once you complete all three of those steps, that would, that would bring you into what is com- considered compliant then with... Uh, Correct, with, by- six, with uh, 652. With the 652. And, and one, one element that I forgot to mention is uh, 652 is kind of the o- overarching standard, but there are um, commodity-specific standards. For, okay. um, there's NFPA 661, which is the agricultural food standard. Uh, there's 484, the metal standard. There's a 664, the wood standard, and so forth. Well, those are um, commodity-specific standards, and those give guidance for these very specific industries if you will Um, and if you don't fall into those commodity specific standards there's a guideline in 654 which is kind of your standard guideline for protection and so forth this is a this is a lot of numbers and a lot of information i am (laughs) i am glad there are people out there that are thinking about this full time yeah and and there is but uh, the the good uh, the good news is that uh, these standards used to have um significant uh, inconsistencies from standard to standard. And NFPA has done a good job recently of really uh, pushing the committees to remove some of these inconsistencies. Because at the end of the day, the plant owner um, is, uh, it's a little bit, uh, uh, it's a large task to read these documents and understand them. That's why, you know, there's experts like us that can help and assist there, but it's it's even easier for us as they, there's less contradictions from standard to standard. Oh yeah, I I can imagine. And then uh, it could get over Overwhelming, it uh, is. real quick, very qu- very quickly. Yeah. yeah, and so well, I think we covered a, a lot about what what a DHA is and what what you need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think if there's any other uh, common questions out there that people come to you with that uh, you know we might be able to cover, uh, help help out. Uh, anything you guys get on a regular basis, uh, 
because with this coming up, we want to make sure that we're able to help people get what they need. Yeah, uh, um, you know, if probably one of the more common questions is, you know, how, how long is this going to take? And uh, from it really, de- it depends on the size of the facility and the number of operations that we have to look at. Yeah. But for most facilities, uh, we can do the walkthrough of the site in one to three days. Uh, th- a three-day uh, on-site visit is a pretty large facility typically. Um, and then the, the report is generated usually within 30 days after the on-site visit. And you know, we issue a draft report to the client the client can review that um, and they may have questions or comments about the draft report and then that is the draft report is then finalized it's just kind of how the process goes so, so you're looking at uh, for standard size facility about a month month and a half process and yeah, yeah, by the time you gather information and get on site and, and do the assessment and then uh, do the analysis and then uh, get the report done t- two months would be a, a pretty quick if it's project if it takes about two months and the deadline's in september it's going to be there'll be a lot of people scrambling be this year people to, to get things done but um you know there's uh, there's no um you know there's even though there's a deadline um you know there's uh, the authorities having jurisdiction that will come in and say get this done uh, there's different ones out there right uh so there's uh, the the important thing is is you've got to if you think you have a combustible dust hazard be doing something about it now if, right. if you don't get it done be, have a plan in place yeah because certainly if an ahj comes in your facility and asks the question and if you don't have a plan um you're you're going to be in a less favorable position than if you do have a plan yep so um well thanks for taking some time to share with us thanks for uh giving us some knowledge some information that's going to hopefully help everybody out there who's trying to figure out a little bit more of what they have to get done uh, with this DHA and uh, with the with the new standards that are going on, that they can uh, find a little information in this. If you need more information, they can they can look you guys up. Yep. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, just look at uh, decoraprocesssafety.com, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll find us out there. Uh, if you uh, Google us, uh, Google combustible dust or process safety or decor process safety, you'll find us, and we'll be glad to help. There you go. Uh, once again, if you, if you guys can't find them, feel free to contact us. We'll be glad to point you their way. Uh, And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Dusty Jobs podcast. Breathe better, work safer.